through week five, there was only four games this week. And one of the games was the game of the week. Another game went in overtime. And yes, the Duyez boys did play Lob City in the finals last year. Thanks, PJ and Dan of the Low Post for really, really laying it on thick about me not knowing my history of my own damn league. But this is the week five post game show. We'll break down the four games from this week, including the game of the week that featured that finals rematch from a season ago. The Duyez boys in Lob City and the Duyez boys were able to come out on top and win by two. But we'll get, you know, let's. I always do it. Let's jump into it with the guys. We'll, we'll get Caesar, Ryan, Cade, Aiden in on this in a second, but the Duyez boys missed six free throws down the stretch, four by Vinny Volpe, two by Brian Yarsi, and it felt like they were up two for the final 30 seconds. Uh, they couldn't make their free throws as Lob City was following with like under a minute left and uh, Lob City unable to, to get a bucket, whether it was Jose Mercado, Colin Burns, uh, and then Greg Holt there at the end had the chance to tie it, a runner. Felt he got fouled, no call, game over. Duye's boys remain undefeated. Let's go to, um, let's see who's interested first. We can go to Caesar first. We'll go from my left to right. Uh, Caesar, you, you can focus on the Duye's boys first, then we'll let someone else jump in on Lob City. Uh, you know, Duye's boys, 37% shooting from the floor, 24% from three. So I know the stats are still new to you guys as well as we're recording this on game night. We just got home. But, you know, what stood out and how, how were the Duyez boys able to, to get the win, Caesar? Yeah, so what I noticed is that they spread the ball around very well. They had four players in double-digit scoring. But like you said, they only shot – 38% from the field, but they had 35 rebounds. So with, you know, having all those rebounds, it makes it kind of difficult for a team to essentially lose a game or just like throw away a game like that because of just all the opportunities that you have. So I think they did a great job with the spacing, but also with the rebounding and they were playing pretty good defense on Lob City, whether it was holding them to jump shots or uh, just kind of making sure that they weren't able to really, you know, lob it like they're known for. So they did a good job in that aspect, I thought. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, we talk about making it hard for Lob City. I think that's what the Duyez boys did throughout, whether it was, you know, man-to-man defense, reaching in and just making it kind of uncomfortable. Uh, for them as they were driving, but we'll go to Kate on Lob City as the stats are up here. So Colin Burns and Jose Mercado, 20 plus points each, but even them, 7% from three. So Lob City couldn't buy one from deep, 7% from three. It only made two in the game and they lost by two, right? So if they hit a couple more of those, it's obviously a different game. Cade, how was Lob City able to stay in it even without that threat from deep? I mean, down the line, Duye boys m- missing their free throws really helped um, help Lob City maintain that two-point kind of difference down the line. But I would say just being able to, f- like, Colin and uh, Jose, you know, are going to score in the paint. There's really nothing you can do from stopping them from getting more than five buckets in the paint every game. Uh, but they they did a great job just defending them on ball, making them, forcing them to go to the paint because their shooting was completely off tonight. Um, obviously two for 26 from three, I think is like the main reason why they lost tonight's game. Uh, if they hit one more free three, they would have won. So 
you know, it, it came came down to the shooting tonight and they just didn't have it. And the Duye boys did. And the Duye boys defense really just sealed the deal for them. Yeah. And that's an awesome transition point to uh, to go on. Um, Aiden, you know, Jose Mercado 0 for 10 from three. And, um, you know, how how was that matchup? Right. How were how was the Duye boys able to limit him as a strong work? He had 20 points. You know, he's you still knew Jose was out there right? He still had those plays that he made where um, he's, he's a really good player, but they always seem to find a way to, I would say, limit is fair and, and go up against, um, you know, and, and keep it close with Jose. And I think taking those threes is a point to that. You know what I mean? I think getting him to take those threes instead of driving is a huge, is a huge credit to them. And obviously you can't force someone to shoot, but whatever they're doing, um, you know, that's what I want Aiden to touch on. They're, they're making Jose uncomfortable and, and, and I guess baiting him into those threes, right? I mean, what did, what did you see in that matchup? So for the most part during the game, Vincent Volpe was guarding Jose and, you know, Shane's always going to talk and he's always saying to leave Jose open. And I think they got in his head a tiny bit. They always talk, but it's hard to get in his head because, you know, he can always score in the paint. But I think what led to him missing a lot of threes and just not, getting in the paint well was the difference on defense. Sometimes Vincent Volpe was playing up on him on the three and guarding him heavily. Sometimes he was playing a little bit off and just the difference in people switching and knowing just how to defend him. He likes to drive in. He can shoot the ball well sometimes, but he always shoots it and they're daring him to take the three and he's taking the three and he misses it and they just can't buy a rebound on the offensive end and just different defense and getting in his head a little bit kind of is what made him not be the greatest tonight yeah for sure um and so you know lob city in, uh, falls to four and one the duye's boys improved to five and oh uh three games left in the regular season so those two can still meet in the finals by the way it falls right now because they are one and two in the standings let's go to our overtime game uh from from this week as i fix this give me one second let's go to our overtime game between Sin City and the Rhode Island Warriors, two teams that were two and two coming in. It is the Rhode Island Warriors getting the win by eight uh, as they win and they score, you know, they hold Sin City scoreless in the overtime, 84-76 for the Warriors. We can go to Ryan on this one. I know he was over there and I know, you know, Aiden caught the end of this one as well. So we'll kind of jump back to him in a second. But Ryan, I think we really want to focus on that um, fourth quarter. And I, from what I saw when I made my way over there, um, the Warriors were, were down six, seven, maybe eight, I think seven for sure with a couple minutes left in the game. And for whatever reason, Sin City, you know, had trouble holding on to that lead, allowing the Warriors to, they made a three, they fouled them and got some free throws out of the deal. Uh, and then they tied it, I think on a G on runner. Uh, if I remember correctly, could be totally wrong. I know we hit a runner to start overtime and you're like, all right, well, you know, they have the best player on the floor. So that's usually how it goes in overtime and we'll get there. Uh, but in that fourth quarter, Ryan, how were the Rhode Island Warriors able to erase that seven point deficit late? Yeah, I think what was key was that, um, sorry, was that they, uh, they ramped up their pressure, especially like last two, three minutes was that them being able to, uh, you know, force turnovers, force Devin, force Taj into edit into turnovers that was able to, that led them to get easy baskets and uh, caused Sin City to foul. And I think that's ultimately what uh, led the Warriors to a lead, especially without 
Gian, Gian only put up 18 points. So it wasn't, this has probably been his worst game so far this season. So it's crazy. It's so, and Charles also being there helped, uh, especially down the stretch, uh, be picking up Gian slack kind of, and, uh, and helping, uh, tie the game and then eventually winning in overtime. Yeah. And so Aiden, we talked about, um, the, the overtime there and how it was all warriors. Let me, let me just say, cause I am, I am bitter. Uh, one for 11 for Gian today. All right. Can we just, you know, can we go back a couple weeks? All right. He saved them all for the freaking halfway crooks. All right. Just want to put it out there. All right. You know, what the heck, what, what did I ever do to anybody? Um, but you know, an off shooting night for Gian and uh, you know, still made some huge plays, obviously five or six free throws as well, but made some huge plays in the fourth quarter. Charles Correa led the way with 32 points for the Warriors. And he had some big threes as they came back. As we look back at Sin City, two players with 33 or more points in Taj Eddington and Devon Pina. So Aiden, in the overtime, I mean, it's two minutes. It's short, you know, and it's that way on purpose. Um, so it favors really whatever team scores first or scores, you know, obviously scores the most. That's silly, but scores first in that overtime, which was the Warriors. But what, what were the Warriors able to do at the end of the game and kind of carry it, you know, to sneak out the win? In a game, I'll say it, they, it, the odds were stacked against them. I mean, the, you know, Sin City battled them all game and had them. And, and I think Sin City really let them back in the game with not really slowing it down, continuing to play that fast pace at the end of the game. Uh, but Aiden, yeah, what did you see at the end there? So in the end, like you said, whoever scores first in overtime usually gets it. And I think the Warriors just kind of wanted to win more. On an offline for Gian, like you said, put down the stretch in overtime, held Sin City scoreless. They were playing fast, and they were just disrupting Sin City's offense. Sin City only had four, so they weren't able to rest at all, but they were still disrupting their offense, and they played a well game. But again, Charles Gray, 8 for 12 from three, hit some big threes that were contested to send the game and get higher or get a bigger lead and make the lead come back, and it was just a good game overall. They played fast pace and held Sin City down offensively. Yeah, and so the Rhode Island Warriors improved to three and two. Sin City falls to two and three after winning two straight, I'm pretty sure, uh, like we talked about. So, yeah, you know, a couple of two and two teams there, and they're right next to each other in the standings as well. Let's get to – we're going to go back to court one to kind of keep rotating back and forth. Uh, the halfway crooks and only the fam, a 60-point win for the halfway crooks, and they started with three players – you know, in that entire first quarter, one of them being me, never a, never a good sign. Uh, but, you know, again, the shooting, I'll, I'll let you guys touch on it. I mean, only the fam, 28% from the floor, 18% from three. So not ideal versus 70% shooting from the floor and 45% from three for the halfway crook. So, you know, when you're making shots and their team isn't, this is what happens. But we're going to do some more bigger picture stuff at the end. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this game. Uh, we'll go to Cade first this time and then Caesar, you know, you can go over the story of this game and, you know, um, give your, give your two cents. I mean, I know it gets, it got out of hand quickly. I believe at halftime I'm doing math. It was like 19 or 20 points. And then a massive, massive third quarter where I, you know, only the fam really couldn't, couldn't buy one, you know, as the saying goes, but Cade, what'd you see from even the halfway crooks in this one? I mean, uh, they started off with only three people, and if I was only a fan, that's what I would have been taking advantage of right there, but it seemed like they didn't, and the, uh, Jeff was just too big in the paint to, like, 
let Jared score or uh, let um, Jake Perry get into the paint. Um, it seemed like they were scared to go up against him, and I can't blame them. I would be if Jeff was in the paint. Um, so they really had to rely on their shooting. And, like, from the numbers, I mean, they hit 10 threes, but they missed 44 of them. Um, the shooting wasn't really there. That's kind of what's uh, messed them up really early. And uh, they just weren't re- really able to get back into it once Jared – uh, arrived at like halftime he just kept shooting I think his shooting was uh, if you scroll down I can see the numbers but J- Jared's shooting was great tonight yeah six for eight from three uh, 10 for 12 for the whole night so he really just came right out of the gate shooting uh, adding to that lead at halftime of course you Joey uh, hitting down knocking down six threes of course love to see it and uh, just the relentless energy from Spence just driving, dunking over and over. Sometimes he looked tired, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's down on the other side of the court dunking the ball again. And uh, I think the real story of the night is obviously Jeff had a triple-double with 29 points, 23 rebounds, or 25 rebounds. Uh, definitely definitely keep an eye on for a player of the week right there. But, yeah, that's basically the story of the game. Yeah, and so, Caesar, we'll go to you. It's your time to suck up if you, you, know, if you so choose. Uh, no, but, you know, again – one team sitting, one team isn't. And I mean, especially a team like only the fam, right? Who's now lost three straight. The halfway crooks break the two-game losing streaks. So like we talked about previewing this game, one team would fall uh, and lose three in a row, and one team would snap that streak. Caesar, you know, yeah, I mean, what, what stood out to you, I think, is the best way, and then we can get to the other game from uh, week five. Yeah, so what I noticed in the beginning, uh, like you guys have touched on, Halfway Crooks did start with three people and only the fam, instead of really spacing the floor like they should have, they were playing really close to really close together, kind of on one half of the court rather than using, you know, like the whole half. And I think that that was kind of detrimental, detrimental to them not taking advantage of only the three players, but also Jake Perry. He, even from the beginning, he looked a little roughed up. Uh, He eventually stop playing around I want to say the third or fourth quarter he just couldn't take it anymore something with his knee so him going down was uh pretty bad because he's usually one of the top scorers on their team but for the halfway crooks you know Spence did a he did a better job this week of driving and really getting to the bucket and like Cade said with Jeff there's really not much you can do when he's the biggest player on the floor and he's just grabbing 25 boards like that's just there's nothing you can do with that yeah for sure and so um, again we're going to touch on some of those teams you know i want to get to this last game uh you know to wrap up week five and so again the halfway crooks three and two only the fam two and three and so a couple of other if you give me one second yeah the werewolves are also improving to three and two and bogey kicks, so looking for that first win. But uh, bogey kicks, you know, down big in the first quarter. We'll go right to Ryan on this one uh, to kind of give us the breakdown. But played him even in the second and then tried to make it close. I know they also started with three players, but it is the Werewolves, 92-72, to 72, getting the win. Again, their third on the season. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to – I'll let Ryan go through it. But, yeah, what happened in that first quarter? Was it just them not having enough players? Were the Werewolves, you know – hitting everything, which it could be a combination of that. But uh, go ahead, Ryan. How were the Werewolves able to, you know, build that big lead early? Yeah, I think – so the Werewolves, for the first time it seemed like all year, 
had six players, so they did have subs. But in in uh, bogey kicks only had their three guys. So and they didn't outside of it was Matt, Derek, and Josh. So uh, they're not you know Derek and Josh aren't the pro the big stars of the team really. It's Matt and Mike, David, Chase, all of them. And so with uh, you know the werewolves' ability to have a lineup of Heston, Gino. Jared, Sam, they were all out there. They played three on three werewolves, nice guy werewolves. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I mean, just they had werewolves just had better players. And I think the, um, it seemed like Bogey at the start just kind of wanted to take their time and see if like they could d- just do some time wasting and uh, see if when their guy showed up went and uh, they did show up in the halfway through the second half. And as you can see, like they won like the last rest of the quarters and it, if it seems like if they were there most of the game, like they actually, it would have been a close game, and they might have actually had a chance to win. Yeah, and so you know, that's kind of how uh, bogey kicks felt after the game, right? They were like, you know, I wish we had all of our guys from the beginning. Uh, it would have been a different story. But Sam Clifford, I believe, in his second game, twenty-eight points on thirteen to twenty shooting. Heston twenty-seven and thirteen rebounds, and Gino forty sixteen points. As you look back at the bogey kicks. You know, Matt Bogazi in 31 points and, you know, 12 for 32 from the floor. But I'm sure a lot of those shots coming right early on, I can get a head nod from Ryan. Yeah, I mean, when, you know, it was three on three and that was kind of their only option. So, um, yeah, Mike Evans added 18, David DePina only 13. So I don't know how late he got there, but uh, very interesting in that one. But the werewolves do hang on and get the win and they win by 20. And so, all right, guys, now before we look to uh, look ahead to week six, and the season's already, we're almost at playoff time, which is going to be awesome. But before we get ahead to week six matchups and do our usual, give you guys each a matchup to kind of break down, let's look back at these matchups. We'll go down the line. So we'll go to Aiden first. And, uh, you know, which matchup from tonight, obviously one of the ones you saw, totally fine. Which team did you learn the most about? So it could be in a good way or a bad way. But uh, yeah, so Aiden, go ahead. Which team from week five, like, taught you the most about them so far so during week five i would have to say be only the fam given and on a three-game losing streak but they just they lack they just don't like to play defense i'm just gonna say it they don't just they play defense on the perimeter for a little while but then they just fall apart and this week they were down big at half to only three players for a little while and they had the first two wins in week one and week two and then on the three-game skit, they just don't like to play defense. And that's been there for a little while, but it's a bigger learning step now that I've learned more and they need to fix themselves playing defensively and maybe change some roster moves. They only have five players, but they just need to be more physical and actually look like they want to play and win out there and just play the defense. That's really it. Yeah, so, you know, they all were, you know, upset about their power rankings. And it looks like, you know, I know what I'm doing <laughs> when it comes to, I mean, standings are one thing. And so respect, right. They won two in a row and they took care of business and, you know, credit to them. But um, yeah, when you play the teams in this league, everybody's like, oh, I want to join that league and, you know, dunk on people. It's like, yep. But then you're going to get teams that really freaking play defense and it's annoying. <laughs> and so if you don't play defense back, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, for sure. Let's do Caesar which team taught you the most good or bad from week five? Uh, I would say I kind of learned a lot about Duye's boys 
Um, obviously, they were in the finals last season, but I never saw them last season. So, you know, this is my first time really seeing them go on like a little run. And they're a gritty team. They're a really good team. And they were like, they weren't as big as Lob City, but the way that they play, they fly high too. And they're, you know, they're legit. They're a legit team. They're a really well put together team. So I think the way that they won the game today, despite the free throws at the end, other than that, the way that they won, it was a pretty convincing win for them. Hello. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, big, big win and a big, much anticipated game. And that's, you know, says a lot about them, you know, and how they can be versatile in that sense. Uh, we'll save Ryan for last. I know he's going to have the best answer anyway. Let's do Cade. Uh, yeah, what team, you know, did you learn the most about? Um, I, I mean, without being Dewey boys, because obviously watching them beat the Love, Love City, I would probably be halfway crooks uh, with only four players, you know, kind of their backs against the wall with two losses in a row, facing another team with two losses in a row. You, you know, you got – you got nothing to lose almost at this point, you know, where you, where you got a lot to lose, but uh, with your backs against the wall, being able to stand strong and uh, get your win uh, kind of shows a lot about these guys and uh, just like chemistry. Uh, they were always talking on the floor, always knowing where the ball was going. I saw Spence and Jeff always talking when they're running down, I was doing Snapchat highlights. So I, I was kind of courtside. They were always calling out things they were going to do. Uh, to get get that easy bucket for Jeff or get a nice layup for uh, Spence. But, yeah, watching them come back from a, these two top, tough losses in a row, um, it really just taught me that halfway crooks are still in this league and they, they are still to be uh, uh, feared, you know. Don't count them out. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, we'll see next week. I know the halfway crooks take on Lob City. We'll get there when we preview week six in a second, so that'll be a good test. Hopefully we get Dylan Lincoln back, who a lot of you guys may not have seen before, but he's another bigger body. Um, not as big as Jeff. Jeff is <laughs> just one of a kind, but he plays big. And so, you know, having two, right, bigger guys with Mark and, you know, Jared and myself and Wilbur and like a lot of the things Spence did tonight as well. You know, I know the podcast gets on him, rightfully so sometimes um, just for, you know, it's still, he's still adjusting to the league, right, when it comes to his shot. And he was, he hit some today. Uh, and so, but a lot more drives and you saw, I think even by his field goal percentage, I don't have it in front of me, but a lot more effective tonight, uh, for sure than he has been in past weeks, uh, because of the way he was playing. And so just to kind of give him his two seconds of, you know, credit, which are due, um, he's going to be an important part to the halfway crooks and a lot of other teams know that. And that's why the Duyas boys were like, go ahead, shoot it. Right. Um, because they know how important of a piece that is, they have like six players like that you know what i mean that can do all those things that like spence is trying to do so they get it other teams get it trust me ryan what stood out to you what team uh, oh i think it was definitely the warriors i think uh their ability to beat sin city being down most of the game and then coming back late in that game and uh surviving overtime i think definitely especially especially the warriors in that not having Gian's best game and everybody else being able to pick up that slack and, uh, you know, keep turning over the uh, sin city and keep working, getting that uh, win. I think now, I think that's a three game win streak for them. I think, uh, you know, they're going to be a tough out, especially in the playoffs. 
Yeah, for sure. And so let me pull up the one of the last things we'll do here is uh, look ahead to week six and you guys can see it on your screen. So we will go to, doesn't matter. We'll go to Caesar first. Uh, and so we'll just kind of go in order. I, I mean, there's, I was looking at it, a couple options for game of the week. So we'll keep that under wraps. I know we announced it last week, but it's easy when you have a finals rematch, damn it. I don't know how I forgot that, but I'll never live that down, but that's right. I was there too in person. I saw it. So it happens, but uh, bogey kicks in the warriors. Did I say Caesar, right? Is that what I said? I think. Cool. Um, so in that one, I mean, we just touched on the warriors, but you know, can bogey kicks get their first win and kind of even just a key to that matchup. Right. And you can, you can make a pick um, if you'd like, and you might as well put you on the spot. Um, but what's a key to that matchup? Uh, I think a key to this matchup for bogey kicks is it's simple. If the team shows up, you know, on time, they could potentially get their first win because they didn't have a great first quarter, but there was only three of them. And then, you know, when the whole team showed up, they didn't lose a quarter. So the pieces are starting to connect for them. The buckets are starting to fall. So I think that if the whole team shows up and they play like they played today, that they could have a shot. But with that being said, I'm going to pick the Warriors. <laughs> okay. And do you, I mean, you expect Gian to uh, turn it around, I'm assuming? Yeah, he had 18. Uh, not sure off the top of my head, but that sounds like it'd be a season low for him. Um he was one for 11 from three and, you know, last week you kind of went off. So kind of have to expect a bounce back game, maybe not as hot as last week, but for sure something more effective from three, at least than one for 11. But I think, I think he'll turn it around. Kind of went off as being kind. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, only the fam and the werewolves. Uh, so now the werewolves three and two and only the fam two and three. So here we go. Right. Uh, and so we will go to, let's throw this one to Ryan. Let's let him have some fun. I know, I know we saw the werewolves this week at full strength. So we'll, we'll give them that. What's a key to that one. And you know, how can only fam snap to lose only the fam, sorry, snap the losing streak. Uh, and can they against a werewolves team that's rolling? Yeah, I think for werewolves, it's, uh, you know, just keep the positive vibes going, keep, keep this positive momentum going in that they're playing really good offense, playing really good defense. And just, you know, clamping teams. So, and I think for only the fam, it's now uh, you're going against one of the better defensive teams in the, uh, in the league. And now you're, now you're like, this is now like do or die time in that uh, you're two and three. Like if you win, maybe if you pull out this win, now you are going to be tied with werewolves that improves the playoff seating. And so I think if they are able to play defense, they'll be, they might be able to hang into it. But I think the werewolves, it might just uh might just be too much for them. And I wasn't even muted. Perfect. All right. And so let's uh we'll skip the the crooks and lob city. We'll save that one for last. Um, because I think that one is gonna be that one will have huge implications now. I just think about it that it's four and one versus three and two. So we'll skip that one. We'll have you guys all make a pick on that one. So get ready. Uh we will do yeah, we'll do Aiden, Sin City and the Lincoln 18ers. So Lincoln 18ers off this week, Sin City two and three, but I know we liked Sin City after they started uh, 0-2, I'm pretty sure, and they rattled off a couple. Um, is there, you know, is it going to be too much size for the Lincoln 18ers, Aiden, or, you know, are they going to have a chance to, uh, you know, keep it close against Sin City? I 
they may be a little too much size. But since Lincoln and Tina's do have Tom Carroll, he's a big body in the paint, and if he gets in front of you, it's going to be hard to get around him. But I think it'll be close, hope, for a little while. And then if Sin City has everybody and they're playing, like, as well as Taj and Devin played tonight, 33 and 37, I think they can be all right. Lincoln and Tina's were off this week, like you said, so they're not in the groove of playing right now. Hopefully they come back and, like, oh, we want this win. Took the week off, take the win. They need to have their players scoring. I believe last week their high-scoring player was 10 points maybe, which is – I mean, they only had five players and they pass the ball well, but they need more than one person to score 10. And if they can have that leading score, they're able to kind of keep it close. But if I had to make a pick, I'd still pick Sin City. For sure. All right, Cade, love it. Give me one second. I'm messing this whole thing up. Uh, we do have the Ozone boys and Duye's boys, so it's the boy bowl as they call it. <laughs> the boy bowl is back. Uh, and I don't even know when these teams played. I would assume the Duye's boys won last year going out on a limb, but uh, looking to this year's matchup, Cade, you know, again, Duye's boys undefeated, right? So, but the Ozone boys, I would say are similar and that they don't really have a big body. So it's going to be a lot of cuts and, you know, lobs, which is going to be fun. What's the key for you uh, in that one? Ozone boys, Duye's boys. Yeah, I think I think the key here is defense. We're, you know, uh, both teams not having the, I think the biggest guy on the court is going to be Shane. Um, you know, ha- both kind of missing that big man. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, probably lost shooting. Um, I'm guessing. I mean, I'm going to pick Duye boys to win. That's who I'm going to pick. It's hard to go against the current Kings right now, but um, I definitely think Ozone's going to make it tough for them. You know, Paul Paul McGuire always goes off for twenty or more. Um, they got the week off, you know, maybe, maybe they're all resting right now. Uh, so I think, I think we can expect a battle, but I think the boys defense has been too much for everybody so far. And I think it's going to be too much for the ozone boys this week. All right. And then we'll have you guys go down the road and make picks for this last one. Lob city and the halfway crooks is anybody. We can just make this nice and easy. I think, I, I mean, we can do a key to the game in a second, but is anybody going to pick against Lob City? Is everyone picking Lob City? That's okay. This is not the time to suck up. It's all right. Cause then when you're wrong, it's all good. Um, no, right. Cool. Um, we'll go. I mean, we'll go to Ryan. We'll, we'll, we'll let, we'll, we'll give it to Ryan. This one. What's the key to that one, Ryan halfway crooks in Lob City. Uh, I think I think uh, Lob will have the size to match Jeff Winchell down down uh, low. It's just how will halfway Cooks defend Jose? Uh, I think Spence is is going to have a long day. Um, so if he can step up and you know even just limit him to some something lower than what he normally scores, uh, that will be key. For sure, we love it. And so they're all all right. They're all picking Lob City. It's all good. We'll see what the spread is. I'm excited on the low post podcast. Then we'll have you guys make your picks. How about that? Because then you get some, get some points with the crooks and then it, then it gets interesting. Um, no, but Hey, like, a, you know, if you don't miss, right. You won't lose. Just don't, just don't miss. Right. Like ever. <laughs> so there you go. Um, awesome guys. Good week five, three games left in the regular season. We'll see what happens next. week. got some, got some good games that are going to uh, definitely play a role come playoff time. Aiden Cade, Ryan Caesar. I'm Joey. Thanks for watching the post game show. Stay tuned for the low post podcast on the same feed. You could be listening to this and uh, we'll be back on Tuesday now in July.
for week six. Thanks, guys.